And this is Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. We are about to give another clue away for the quiz. Yes. Did you hear me sneak in that sneaky one before, Lyle? I did. This person was thrown into a den of lions. We had a pre-recorded interview and Mon found a couple of seconds at the end of that song. She's like, I'm just going to sneak this in. Who was it that was thrown into a den of lions? If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 for a beautiful children's Bible. Uh, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and it's going to be all yours. And clue number four: Who am I? I was named after a god, and that name was Belteshazzar. If you were attending Prophetica mm-hmm. over the weekend on Sunday down in Tasmania, you will know the answer to this because I did preach on this subject. Indeed. Yes. And I specifically spoke about Belteshazzar and who he was and spoke about his position in society, government, and also his other name. Yeah. Well, it's not his first given name. And I should say a special welcome to all our listeners in Hobart. We've uh, recently erected a new transmitter on top of Mount Wellington. Oh, Mount Wellington. Oh, yeah. No way. Isn't that the tallest mountain in Taz? Uh, No. Okay, well, it's the most it's famous, famous one. mountain in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if welcome aboard, all the Tasmanians. All of the Hobart listeners, we have a uh, we have a very very good signal signal down there. Good on them. Yeah, good yeah. on them for tuning in. Welcome was to the show, to, guys. Was uh, able to listen to uh, listen to the show uh, driving around in Hobart. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love to hear that. By the way, if you are listening to uh, the show and you're like, hang on, this is delayed because it's not Tuesday, then you can actually just give us a call and we can figure out how to get the live show out to you just like we've just figured out how to get the live show out to the Tasmanians. Yes, indeed. Okay, so that's, um, yeah, that's what's happening down there in Tasmania. And, uh, yeah, congratulations to, uh, and welcome to all of our new listeners in Hobart. May your numbers grow. Amen. So if you're listening in Hobart this morning, uh, please do tell people about Faith FM, that it's now on air, that you can listen to it, and it's a... Uh, it's Positive, dude, different experience for yes, them. indeed. Okay, so our Bible study today, we're going to look at the subject of single parenting. How we did that yesterday? Well, then you shouldn't have done that yesterday. Did you do char- childless parenting We did yesterday? both of them, and it was horrific for us, because like, Lawson and I are both... Unmarried, without children. <laughs> but we actually we actually managed to talk about it from the perspective of what it was like to be parented by people who were, you know, mothers and fathers in Israel. So it was, yeah. You you talked about what it meant to be parented like, by... The other, yeah, because we, so we took it from the perspective of the kids yeah, sure. as opposed to the perspective of the parents. Yeah, and I can't take it from the perspective of a parent either because I've never been a single parent. Yeah. But I did grow up in a single parent home, so I can take it from the perspective of a child and what it's like to grow up in a single parent home. Yeah. And uh, and then of course also the challenges that come with having a step parent as well. So I've experienced um, you know kind of that kind of perspective as well. Um, and yeah, Lawson's had a single parent experience, but you haven't. That's right. Yep. Okay. So did you talk about the story of Hagar in depth? Because that's what I wanted to talk about. No, this not at all. Oh, really? Not at all. We didn't even touch on it. <laughs> Hagar is my favourite single parent story in the Bible. Oh, really? It is a story of tremendous. Tragedy, um, but it is a story of God's protection, and this is one of the things that I want us to uh, think about this morning: is um, how many times do you think the Bible speaks about single parents? In how many how many times how many references like, are there to single parents? Hardly in the Bible? any, right? Eighty-two. 
Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, because what you've got to remember is that the word widow in the Bible does not just refer to somebody. um, In the Old Testament, it primarily refers to somebody who has lost their spouse. In the New Testament, it's a very broad word that includes somebody who is a single parent. Mm -hmm. It includes a mother who is raising a child on her own. Okay, okay, all right, gotcha. And so when you read about all the way through the New Testament where we are told over and over and over and over and over and over again to look after the widows, you know, and we often think, okay, the widows, you know, they've, they've had tragedy in their home, a, a spouse has died. No, this includes anyone who's a single parent. That's quite profound. I've never thought about it like that before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have a tremendous responsibility as Christians to look after the single parents, uh, you know, who... Who are a part of our church, and you know, and who are not a part of our church? Yeah, because they have a very difficult, um, but still hugely important. I don't job. know. I don't know if there is any circumstance in life more challenging than single parenthood. Mm. And what baffles my mind and just make just melts my brain is people who choose single parenthood. Oh yeah, yeah. It's incredibly difficult. Now I do have enormous respect. For people who choose single parenthood, and I've met a number of people like this, uh, they're a single person, they have kind of given up on ever getting married, they're like, yeah, uh, don't think that's ever going to happen for whatever reason, Uh, but they want to be a parent and they have adopted somebody. When you say adopted, you mean like like full on legally gone through the paperwork and everything? Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, for instance, I'm thinking of a, uh, a a lady from from my local area who you know many years ago adopted a child from Ethiopia. Okay. Interestingly, I was recently in Ethiopia mm-hmm. because she just wanted to make the world a better place. Um, see, I'm I'm in two minds about that because the one like you know the child has the best opportunity at living a successful life once they've been through a childhood that involved two parents. Oh, absolutely. So to some degree, uh, people who are like, oh, I'm not going to get married, I'll just adopt one. It like, To me, it's like, is your selfish motive hindering this child? Because, yeah, it can have a life with you, but it could also have a life with someone else where there's two parents in the home. The reality is... Uh, with some of these poorer nations, and, and of course, back in the day, Ethiopia was a, a desperately poor. Well, it still is a desperately poor nation, but it was a nation that was facing starvation. That um, those children that were not adopted were raised in orphanages without parents. Okay, there's just the adoption process is very difficult and very challenging, and a lot of people are not prepared to to uh, follow it because it has been made incredibly hard. Um, and there are some good reasons and some bad reasons for that. Um, and so, the, you know. There's a lot of people out there that would love to adopt or just go, you know, this is just way too hard. Um, and and then, of course, you know, if you look at the continent of Africa, Africa is just covered from one side of the country to the other by orphanages. And so really the option is uh, being raised by no parents or one parent. And one parent is better than none. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess because I've seen a different side of things in Kenya where like, adoptions become so fashionable that people are lining up and there's almost like there's not enough orphans um, to go out to all the people who are wanting to adopt. And it's like, well, if they have a, a waiting list, surely they can pick the cream of the crop and the cream of the crop would be a dual parent home. Oh, absolutely. No yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No question at all. And, and I, th- I just think you people, know, in, in Australia, that's always going to be the case. I just think people who are wanting to adopt and they're, and they're not married might need to think 
more so what's the best option for this child. And if that child has the opportunity to be adopted by a dual parent home, they should... They should step aside. They should step aside. No question about that whatsoever at yeah. all. But when somebody you know, places themselves in that kind of a situation for the purpose of making the world a better place, um, knowing that this is going to be the most challenging circumstances that almost anyone can ever face, that's a tremendous sacrifice. That is, yeah. Uh, to, to, to give a child a good start in life. That's an enormous sacrifice. And I have respect for the sacrifice that, you know, somebody like that makes. Okay. Are there any, are there any cases of adoption written about in the Bible? That's a really good question. I do believe so. I would have to stop and think about that. Okay. But there is one story of single parenthood that I want us to share and spend a little bit of time looking at. And to do so, we're going to go in our Bibles to the book of Genesis. Uh, Chapter 16, I think we'll go to. Okay, Genesis chapter 16. I'm not even sure. I'm not. See, I'm like a little confused because I thought this woman, although she uh, had to share the. The dad. I didn't realize that she was necessarily a single parent. No, she ran off for a little bit, but I thought, you know, the dad was around. Okay, good question. We are going to answer that question as we go through this Bible study. Let's get a bit of a background here. Genesis 16, verse 1 and 2, please, Mon. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. So Abraham agreed to Sarah's proposal. Okay, so this was, um, yeah, this was a custom in society in those days. It was a very dodgy custom. Uh, They were seen as a necessity to have children. Abraham, being a, a moral person, a righteous person, had not enforced this upon Sarah. Um, but when Sarah suggested it, he fell. She had, you know, an attractive young uh, slave girl, and he went ahead with it, and it created disaster. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so basically what you've got here is a symbol. The Bible uses this in the book of Galatians to symbolize the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant. And in uh, and, and the two children as symbols of the the, the two, two two children the two relationships as symbols of the old covenant and the new covenant. So God came to Abraham and Sarah, and He promised Abraham that He would be the father of um, a great nation, that His descendants would be like the sand of the sea, and that um, you know the Messiah would come through His line, etc. This is the promise that was given to Abraham. Of course, they have no children. It does not seem to bother Abraham that much. He's not putting pressure onto Sarah like you have to have children or you can't have children, so I need to go and take a second wife. You know, within the culture at that particular time, that would have been quite reasonable for an incredibly wealthy chieftain such as Abraham was. Uh, It's not until Sarah comes along, and I guess Sarah was desperate to have children. It's like, well, why don't you have a child with Hagar and I can have a child with Hagar. This was something that other uh, that was part of the culture of those days. The problem is that this is not Sarah having a child with Hagar. That is not the case. That is not what is happening here. This is um, Abraham having a child with Hagar, and it is Abraham and Hagar's child. It is not Sarah's child. Mm. You know, it is Sarah who's going to be sorry. It is Hagar who's going to be raising this child? It is Hagar who is going to be nursing this child? 
it is Abraham and Hagar who are going to share this experience together that Sarah and Abraham can never experience together. It's going to drive a wedge into this family, um, that happy marriage relationship that they'd had for the most part. Um, Abraham did some incredibly dodgy things to Sarah early on, is going to be torn apart by this. And, of course, this was not God's plan. And basically what it comes down to is God has a plan. You're going to have a child, um, you know, Abraham, and that child is going to be the father of many nations and the Messiah. So this is basically Sarah being faithless. Exactly. And so Sarah and Abraham decide, okay, this is God's will for this to happen. Therefore, we will work God's will out in our own effort. In other words, we are going to obey God our way. Yeah. This is not surrender. This is not submission to God. Not in the least. Not in the slightest. This is like, no, no, no. We want to serve God, but we're going to serve him our own way. And you see- you know, it's like those people at the end of time who say, you know, we want to wear what we want to wear. We want to um, yeah. eat what we want to eat. We just want to be called Christians to take away our approach. You see this all the way down through the story of humanity, like starting with Cain this, and Abel. This yeah. is yeah. salvation by works. Mm-hmm. This is the definition of salvation by works, right here. And the Bible says, the Bible uses this as the definition of salvation by works. Uh, You find that in the book of Galatians. And then you've got, um, of course, Sarah who does fall pregnant, and her pregnancy is a supernatural pregnancy. Her pregnancy comes about you know, as the result of God. This is God's works. This is God doing his thing. This is salvation by grace. You see, we can't bring about, you know, Abraham could not bring about, Abraham and Sarah could not bring about that pregnancy. Only God could do that. And God's work, God changing the human's life, and us surrendering to God is salvation by grace. Amen. So when we try and serve God our way, that's salvation by works. When we try and serve God, when we do serve God his way, that's salvation by grace. And just in the same way that he can miraculously heal Sarah's barrenness, he can heal our barren hearts. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's all about right here. Great passage on Galatians. I would love to get into it. We probably don't have time. Might be a bit of a sidetrack. We'll see how we go. Anyway, so this is what has happened. Um, Hagar and Abraham have this child together, and you can imagine the love that they had for that child because you cannot not love a child. Yeah. And you can also imagine the bond that it creates between Abraham and Hagar. You know, you've shared this experience together. You've been sleeping together for however long it takes for her to fall pregnant. You have a bond whether you like it or not. Um, You are going to be loving and tender towards the mother of your child. You can't not. That's the only only reaction that you can have. And you can imagine Sarah now, she's pushed out. She's on She's on the outer. Yeah, she made a really stupid mistake. She's on the sideline. She's sidelined herself. She's pushed herself out of this relationship. And then, of course, many, many years later, Sarah falls pregnant and she has a child of her own. So let's now go over to Genesis chapter 21 and let's read the story over here. Genesis chapter 21 and uh, let's start in verse 8. When Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant Hagar making fun of her son Isaac. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. You can see what is taking place here right now. Abraham wants to celebrate this event. Isaac has been born. Isaac is a miracle child. Nobody can deny that. 
up until this particular point, you've got you've got uh, Hagar, who is a servant girl. She has you know no status in society um, other than being a servant girl. She has a child with Abraham. She is now the concubine, the de facto wife of an incredibly wealthy, incredibly powerful chieftain, and her son is heir to everything that Abraham has until this miracle child comes along. So now do you think, how do you think Hagar feels? Oh, she's probably devastated. Absolutely devastated. Absolutely shattered. Because, of course, Sarah is Abraham's first love. Um, nothing's ever going to change that. Now they have what she once had. She is now on the outer. You can imagine the, the mind games that would be going on between these two women. We've been a very... Um Non-peaceful camp to live in. Oh, it would be absolutely horrific kind of a circumstance. And this is what happens when you move away, when you do not follow God. If you if you leave off from following God, you are going to create an absolute disaster for yourself. It's really that simple. Um, and 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 this is exactly what is happening right here. Okay, so keep reading. Um, and, and of course, they react badly to this. You know, there's this big celebration. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, actually Ishmael's the firstborn son and, you know, they're pushed out on the outer, they're feeling jealous, they're feeling, you know, um, sidelined. So many emotions right here. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, get rid of that slave woman and her son. He is not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. And verse 11. This upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. Yeah, okay. Place yourself in, in Abraham's shoes right yeah. now. You have two children. Mm-hmm. You love your children. You can't not love your children. It's just the way that we are wired. You know, you've raised Ishmael for all of these years. He's older than, you know, so much older than what Isaac is. But now you've got this precious new baby and you love that one as well. What are you going to do now? When, when Sarah, who is your legitimate wife, comes and says, okay, throw her out. And, and that's a pretty brutal thing for Sarah to say. But I can understand where she's coming from. It would be really, really hard because, you know, Sarah's looking at it and she knows that one day in the future Abraham is going to die and when Abraham dies, there's going to be a fight over that will. And Ishmael is going to claim firstborn status and Isaac is going to claim family status and there's going to be a stoush. And it's going to, you know, and, and, and she wants to protect her child. She has a, a, a little baby, an infant. And, you know, if something happens to Isaac, then, of course, it goes to Ishmael. So she's probably having thoughts of, you know, maybe Hagar and Ishmael will conspire against my son. And so there is fear, there is jealousy, there is all kinds of emotions here. And so she demands that that uh, Ishmael be tossed out. Well, Abraham doesn't want to do that. It's his son. He is caught between a rock and a hard place. And so he takes it to God and God steps in. Um, and uh, verse 12 and verse 13, please. But God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you, for Isaac is a son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son, because he is your son too. Okay, so this is, this is when I read this passage right here, I'm like, okay, God has stepped in, and God has stood by his promise that Isaac will be, uh, the son who carries on, you know, the inheritance. So God has, you know, stepped in and sorted it out. But at the same time, God has been incredibly generous to Hagar and to Ishmael, 
and he has given Abraham, okay, you need to, you need, this family cannot continue like this. This family is better if it separates. And, and this is a situation that we do have taking place in our world today where, you know, circumstance, circumstances come up where for the sake of the children, it is better that the parents separate. And this is exactly what God has said here. It is better for these parents to separate. And, uh, and, but he says, but I will look after Hagar and I will look after Ishmael and I will make of them a great nation as well. So very quickly, Mon, which child was the father of the greatest nation? Oh, that's a tricky question, isn't it? <laughs> um, is it Isaac? I will fight you on your answer, whichever answer you give. Oh, is it one? Oh. So have you got some thoughts on this? Which child became the father of the greater nation? 1-800-324-843 is the number. Give us a call uh, while Andy, Andy McLeod brings us this song, which is called Bless the Little Children. And uh, really so often they are the victims in these circumstances. Of 
us with child is given the saving of our soul as parents with their children now let's reach for heaven's McLeod with Bless the Little Children. We have a... Our quiz is still going. Yes, it is. We have the greatest prize we've ever given away here on Faith FM, a children's Bible. What version of the Bible? A New King James Version over there, I think yes, it is. Yes, beautiful blue one. Um, illustrated right throughout Precious with just the amazing Bible. children's uh, pictures you will ever come across. Okay, clue... Hardcover. Clue number five for this Who Are My Quiz. It was a practice of mine to pray three times a day. Ooh, I can think of two individuals in the Bible who made that practice. So that Probably narrows not it down. The same to- one as the one that got thrown into a den of lions. So yeah, well, that kind of uh, narrows it down. Give us a call one eight hundred three two four. I would like to know if there is a child out there um, who would like to have a child's Bible today, and who knows who it was that was thrown into the den of lions, and can give us a call right now on one eight hundred. Three two four eight four three, and you can snap up this amazing prize right now. So give us a call, and if you are the parent of a child who knows the answer, then uh, encourage your child to call in right now. Anyway, we're talking about the story of Hagar and Ishmael. We were reading down through this passage. We have a dysfunctional family, and for the sake of the children, God says that this family needs to break up. There is a separation that takes place here for the sake of these children. And so it's something we need to bear in mind today that there are sometimes occasions when families are actually better off apart than what they are together. Okay, so uh, where are we up to with our story? What verse did we get up to? Okay, so we came up to the promise. God promises. He gives Abraham the guarantee that he will look after Hagar and that he will look after Ishmael. And so, yeah, Abraham, he um, he sends them away. It was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. How could you? I don't know how you could do that for him to send away his what, second his son, wife, and his second his wife, son. and his son. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's the equivalent of his second wife and his son, and she would have been a young lady. And and uh, how do you? It just it just boggles the mind how how heartbreaking that would be. Anyway, um. She, of course, is sent away with provisions, but she reaches a point when those provisions run out. She's down near Beersheba, and, of course, Beersheba is a pretty desolate area. Um, 
driven up through that region and, yeah, definitely a, a desolate region and her supplies run out. You imagine what is going through Hagar's mind right now. You know, her supplies have run out. She's got nothing to feed her child with. You know, he's a teenager by this stage. Um, and they're facing starvation and death. They've been tossed out of the family. They've gone from being, you know, the uh, the heir to a tremendous fortune to this. She is at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. And she would be thinking, well, so much for God's promises. You know, God promised Abraham that he would look after us and nothing has come of it. Would you like to read for us um, verse um, 15? When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. And keep going. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying and the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. You know, it's an interesting uh, reference here, the angel of the Lord. Because typically when the Bible uses the word the angel of the Lord, it's a reference to Jesus Christ. Oh, really? Hmm. So Jesus yeah, himself came down to speak to her. That's the implication right here. Wow, okay. Yep. So has God abandoned her? Has God no. said, okay, you're a single mother, you should never have gone to Abraham in the first place, you should never have sex with him, you should have, you should have stood up to Abraham, um, and so now you've got yourself in all this trouble, so you're out on your own. And, and by the way, I've, I've, I've pushed you out of the family. Um, has God abandoned Hagar? No, he doesn't do any finger wagging. None whatsoever at all. I really like the way that you just put that there. He doesn't do any finger wagging. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, um, verse 18. Go to him and comfort him, for I'll make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God, and God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer, and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother, sorry, Paran, yeah, Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. Thank you. Okay, so you've got a um, a really great result here. You know, Hagar was somebody who had obviously, as an Egyptian, she had learnt to be a servant of God. She calls out to God. And God doesn't come down and, you know, as you say, do any finger wagging. God provides. The implication here is that this well of water that she has seen was possibly something that was not there in the past. That God created a well to provide for their needs at this particular time um, when they were at the lowest point of their lives. And, of course, um, Ishmael grows up and he becomes stronger and uh, becomes the father of a great nation. And I ask the question, yes. which is the greater nation? All right, Mon, which one? No, I don't. I'm going to fight you on it. No, Whichever one it is. Get ready for a fight here on Faith FM. No, I don't, I don't know. Come on, take my bait. No, I'm, I'm, I'm vegetarian. I don't eat bait. <laughs> <laughs> I've made lots of bait over the years out of vegetarian bait. A breadcrumb bait. Yeah, breadcrumb bait. Let's um, not get distracted on fishing. Um, but tell me who you think it is. Well, it can be either. It depends how you argue it. Okay, if you're going to argue it numerically, mm-hmm. Ishmael today is the father of many, 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 vastly more people than Isaac. So all of your uh, Arabian nations um, vastly outnumber your the, the Israelis. So that's where they come from? Yes, yeah, yeah, the, the Arabs with their descendants of uh, Ishmael. Okay. 
which is interesting because there was conflict between you know Ishmael and Isaac in the family of Abraham, and it's kind of never stopped, has it? Yeah, it never has. It's like an ongoing family. Feud. When it comes to a numbers game, Ishmael wins a hundred times over. However, mm. it was through Israel, through Isaac's descendants, that Jesus came. Well, that kind of seals it. So it kind of makes <laughs> it kind of it's yeah. There's there's two different ways you can look at this. Um, the two different nations were blessed, but they were blessed in different, different ways. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, one was blessed numerically and dominates the Middle East. You know, if, if you ask anyone today, what nationality dominates the Middle East, they're going to say Arabs. Mm-hmm. No one's going to say Israelis dominate the Middle East. It's a t- tiny little speck of a country. It certainly punches a long way above its body weight, but it's only a very, very small country. Yeah. But when it comes to um, Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done and what how Jesus has impacted our world, um, the descendants of Isaac have had a much greater impact on our world because no other person has impacted our world more powerfully than Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, right down through history, he has been the single most influential individual who has ever lived. You don't need an army to make a difference. No. Okay, so you can kind of argue. I, I was hoping you'd take a position on this one, Mon. No, and I was going. I'm still. I'm still in the Ishmael <laughs> camp. I'm still in the Ishmael camp. You can go with numbers, are you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so sorry, not Isaac. I'm still in the Isaac camp. Okay. But yeah, but I think we need to uh, mention Lyle before we go too much further. That our quiz got answered. Congratulations, John from Glendale, doing an excellent job of answering the quiz. Of course, the answer was Daniel, and we will be sending you a beautiful uh, Precious Moments Kids Bible. John, congratulations on getting that right. We're going to kick off the next clue uh, for the newest quiz in our next segment uh, coming up after this song. Uh, JJ Heller, your hands. But like, I just want to know. Yes. Do, do the do the do the. Do the Arabs know that they come from Ishmael? Oh yeah, absolutely. They're incredibly proud of it. And do the uh, do the other people know that they come from and, Isaac? Yes, absolutely. The Israelis know they come from Isaac. The Arabs know they come from Ishmael, and they both actually to this day fight over or or discuss over who which one was the legitimate heir. Oh, yeah. They still beef with them. Oh, they do. Mm. It's, it's never stopped. So be careful what you do. It carries on for centuries. I have unanswered prayers I have trouble I wish wasn't there And I have asked a thousand ways That you would take my pain away You would take my pain away trying to understand how to walk this weary land make straight the paths that crooked lie oh lord before these feet of mine oh lord before these feet of mine when my world is shaking When my heart is breaking, I never leave your hands. When you walked upon the 
see me cry One day you will set all things right Yeah, one day you will set all things right When my world is shaking Heaven stands When my heart is breaking I never leave your hands Your hands Your hands that shape the for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Oh 
Back everybody, you've come to question of the daytime. Although we do have a rolling quiz, which means there is another chance to yes, slap indeed. up, snap up another uh, prize for the day. Okay, so today's uh, newest prize is a beautiful Bible, another Bible this time, but this one, one this time, one for adults. It's a lovely, uh, also hardcover, wonderful blue color uh, NIV Holy Bible. Uh, has Bible study resource guides and everything. It's really, really great Bible. Uh, snap that one up by answering this brand new quiz. The first clue is this. What city am I? Joseph's bones are buried in this city. Give us a call if you know what city Joseph's bones are buried in. Do you know the answer, Lyle? Lyle looks no, confused. No, I don't. <gasps> Lyle's confused. Two prizes if you can tell me before Lyle does. Give us a call. I know, where, I know where Joseph's bones are not buried. Oh, you know where <laughs> not sure that really helps, Lyle. I know where they were originally buried, but then they got moved. They and I'm assuming this is the one they got moved to. No, I'm not so sure. No, 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 maybe not. Give maybe us a call. Not. I'm not going to say anything more no, than that. No. Anyway, today uh, we do have a uh, question of the day, which is <laughs> kind of funny because, you know, seeing as Game of Thrones just finished last night, whatever it was. And, uh, and also Lawson and I mentioned this briefly yesterday. We were talking about this, Lyle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I guess now the question has been asked, um, what on earth does the Bible say about dragons? Are there dragons in the Bible? Dragons? Dragons, what? dragons, lots of dragons in the KJV you have 34 references to dragons in the Bible. No way! Yes, absolutely. Dragons all the way through the Bible. There are 12 references in the New Testament, 22 in the Old Testament to dragons. Well, if the Bible mentions them, then they must be real. Oh, absolutely. They must be real. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool! Okay, so there are a number of different things the Bible talks about poisonous dragons. Uh, Deuteronomy 32 Thirty-three says the their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of snakes. Oh my! So dragons and snakes are related to each other in the Bible. They're spoken of in the same category as each other. In fact, the great dragon, the great red dragon of Revelation chapter twelve, is also described as the great serpent. Okay. So there's a relationship between snakes and dragons. They are seen as being in the same category. I.e. reptiles, right? Yeah, reptiles. Absolutely. So the dragons is a reference to reptiles in the Bibles. 
in the Bible. Job 30 verse 29, he says this, I am a brother to dragons and a companion to owls. Ooh, okay. So, you know, he's kind of down and out and, you know, he's hanging out with the owls and he's not sleeping much at night and uh, the dragons are, you know, they're they're his his company right there. Uh, Let me see what else have we got here. Um, Dragons from the sea, Psalms 148 verse 7, praise you the Lord. From the earth, you dragons and all the deeps. So dragons in the oceans. The kraken. What? Yeah, no, not that one. <laughs> not the kraken. Um, interesting prophecy about Babylon in Isaiah chapter 32. The Bible says Babylon would never be rebuilt, that Babylon would become a desolate place, that Babylon would become a ruin. This was the greatest city of the ancient world, a city three times bigger than its nearest competitor. It says, the wild beasts of the islands shall cry in their desolate houses. This is the houses of Babylon. And dragons in their pleasant palaces. And her time is near to come and her days shall not be prolonged. And so the Bible says that dragons will live in the city of Babylon after it is destroyed and is never rebuilt again. Okay, so. So this is what we know about dragons so far. We know that they're reptiles. We know that they live on the land. We know that they live in the sea. We know that they like desolate places. Are these like a creature that went extinct or something? Okay, what we're dealing with here, I believe, most of the time when the Bible talks about dragons, the Bible also talks about the Leviathan and mentions the Leviathan as a dragon, um, which definitely you know, does not resemble any creature living today. Um, a very massive creature, probably you know some kind of dinosaur, but that's just you know the word dinosaur simply means big lizard. Um, and so what we're dealing with here really is, for the most part, lizards. Most of the time, the Bible talks about it is lizards. You know, little lizards that run around, big lizards like goannas, really big lizards like crocodiles that live in the ocean and the sea. And you have Komodo dragons. That's and Komodo dragon. dragons yeah, yeah. and poisonous dragons. Um, and of course, because your description actually describes snakes, because even snakes live in the sea and they like desolate places. Yes, but it actually the Bible differentiates between dragons and snakes. It okay. uses them in the same context, so we know that they're related to each other. But it differentiates between the two, and we would assume from the history that we have and what's been passed down to us that we're dealing with uh, lizards for the most part. So nothing that I can train and mount and then fly around. You can train a lizard. You can't fly it. No. Okay. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. We'd be delighted to answer them for you on air. Take me by my arm Tomorrow we are keen and bound Where westward sails the golden sun And Hebron's hills are amber crowned So bid your troubled heart be still The grass, they say, is soft and green The trees are tall and honey-filled So Sarah, come and walk with me Like the stars across the heavens flung Like water in the desert sprung 
Like the grains of sand are many suns Oh, Sarah, fair and barren one Come to Canaan, come I trembled at the voice of God A voice of love and thunder deep With love He means to save us all And love has chosen you and me Long after we are dead and gone For a thousand years our tale be to Faith FM. It's the end of the breakfast show with Lyle and mine and we have a giveaway that people are just going to love, Lyle. This is We've actually, been giving away the best stuff all day today. I know, it's been going up. It's been going up. You better be listening, getting some of these good stuff. This is actually one of my favourite books, did you know? Uh, you want to know about Hagar and the story of Hagar? Oh, you want an It's right here. Right here. This whole, oh, this book's going to blow your mind. It's called Patriarchs and Prophets by E.G. White. And it, it does indeed go through the whole life of Abraham. And it covers um, that whole conundrum there with Sarah and Hagar and the two boys, Israel and Ishmael. Sorry, Isaac and Ishmael. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, but give us a call if you'd like to get a copy of this book. You can get it totally for free. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. All you have to do is be the first person to call through right now. That number again is one 800 324 And uh, we will send it to you free of charge if you're the first person in. So give us a call. Don't delay. 1-800-324-843 is the number to get your free copy of the all-time classic Patriarchs and Prophets. Do we give you that one last clue for the quiz line? Yeah, why yeah. not? What city am I? It wow. Was, it was you can here. call through in the next like three minutes. Yeah, a bunch of quiz, uh, prizes. Call through before the end of the news, see if you can get this one. It was here that Joshua set a large stone under an oak tree to serve as a witness against Israel if they were untrue to God. Woo! That quiz will continue tomorrow morning if no one gets it in the next, like, three minutes. <laughs> Lyle looks so confused. I love it. Hey, just before we go, we want to let you know that if you are keen to study the Bible, if you're interested in learning more about Jesus and what the Bible says and the stories in the Bible, just contact us here and we can set you up with Bible studies. They can be uh, just paper ones. They can be uh, over the phone. Um, sorry, over the internet. They can be one-on-one with someone uh, in your home or at a group setting. 
Uh, there's so many different ways that you can learn about the Bible, and we would love to connect you with all of them. So give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we'll see you tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. You take He will take you by the hand, lead you to that promised land. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When you strayed from the fold and there's trouble in your soul, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Your soul is lost in sin and you're at your journey's end. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Calling you. Calling you. Calling you. Calling you. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? He will take you by the hand, lead you to that promised land. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Savior calling you